0: Hey, guys, gals, non-binary pals. This is Drag Me Home, the radio show, podcast, YouTube extravaganza, where we delve into everything within the queer spirit that you need to hear. So let's get started. As always, I'm Wayne Carter, cabaret-less comedian, radio presenter, and all-round drag shambles. And I am joined today in the live stream uh virtual studio with former head writer of boys magazine now event manager for the rvt dave cross hello dave how are you hey wayne i'm really good
1: it's really good to talk to you i'm very happy to be here it's wonderful it's It's wonderful wonderful to talk to you too
0: i uh want to say something that you will find hilarious because we've had we've we've had an established relationship for many years um, you know me from the drag scene or the cabaret scene. Yeah. Um, what is the first thing you think of when you think of me? Because this sort of relates to what happened to me two minutes before you came on camera. What is What do, what do you think of
2: when
1: you think of me? Uh, well, obviously I think that you're a fabulous drag performer. But I think what you're alluding to here mm-hmm. is... Um, you falling off the stage at Central Station during yes. um, a round of Drag Idol, smashing into the judges' table yep. where I think I was sitting probably with with Kelly Wilde yes. um, and um, smashing glasses on the table, breaking my actual glasses and literally falling all over the stage just before we had to judge you in a competition. As I think I said at the time, was was uh, at least has the advantage of never being done before in a drag idle heat.
0: That is the tea. So, uh, in 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 true Wayne Carter fashion, I have done pretty much exactly the same thing. Just literally just before we started video calling, I knocked my orange juice off the table and I had to go and clean it up. So now I I can feel uh, pulp just everywhere and I'm just having, having to deal with that that <laughs> drama. So this, is, this is who I am, this is what I do, this is what I'm about. Uh, but So, um, I did say earlier, um, just before, that you were the former head writer at Boys Magazine and you are now um, now the events manager at the RVT. Uh, do you want to explain to the listeners uh, why you
1: moved from the um, Boys magazine and why yeah, you're at the RVD now? Yeah, I mean, I had a, a fantastic time working at Boys. Um, I was there for, for nearly nine years uh, and I started there just doing a couple of days a week and then gradually became um, editor in all but name, really. And I, I it was brilliant to work with all of the venues across London from sort of club big clubs like GAY and, mm. and the such with and people like who to all the cabaret venues, but also to you know saunas and theater community all those aspects writers um a lot of performers um I had a great time I had a really good time um and then last year um, I, as I say, I've been there a long time. Um, there were some changes of Boys, which was which was totally understandable. They went from being a weekly to being a, month, a glossy monthly magazine. Mm-hmm. At that same time, um, the person who had been at the RVT, Katia, who had been the events manager, had decided to leave. She'd been there a very long time. Yeah. And basically, it all kind of fitted um, together. I'd, I'd obviously got to know the guys at the RVT through Working at Boys, but also um, I DJed at the RVT, and also I had, over the last probably five or six years, i would run a number of nights yeah. at the RVT myself as an independent promoter, a Kate Bush theme night, um, which was really successful and great time, and a Harry Potter night, which I'm sure we'll talk about a bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, so i would got to know not only james and john who are the two guys that run it but also but all the rest of the team there so the lighting guys the amazing bar staff um the the sound techs everyone there so and i'd also got to know because the rvt is is unlike every other venue is programmed every single day of the year so there are a lot of outside promoters so bar whatever ducky mm-hmm. um beef mints push the button Cabaret Roulette, I mean, there she wrote, always, loads and loads of them. And most of those I've got on. to know um, yeah. already. Yeah. I mean, I'd already got to, through Boys, I'd already got to know quite a few of those people. So it all kind of fitted, really. Um, and um, David Bridle, who runs Boys, was actually very encouraging when I said to him that this had come up. He He Really encouraged me. He thought it was a really good move for me to go to the RVT and um, and it and it has been obviously. I didn't realise when I when I when I joined in October last year that I was going to be working there. Um, it's uh, yeah, it was it was a very logical move for me, uh, and I'm very glad I did it. That's, That's
0: amazing. amazing. I I. I didn't realize that you were
1: a DJ. That that's new. That's new. Um, that's new. Uh, new information for me. Uh, but is yeah. I, I used to I used to be a house music DJ. I used to I used to DJ at um, Fire. Uh, I used to play house music. Nowadays, when I DJ, I tend just to play pop music. And in fact, I still until the lockdown, I still DJed once a month at GAY on a Saturday, just once a month.
0: Well, there you go. So we were all learning and growing and evolving, and I did not know any of that. I mean, I knew you as like as a writer of boys, and um, as being just sort of a, a judge on Drag Idol. That was the sort of like the information that I knew about you. Um, so that's amazing. Um, I and I, I think for me, when I first moved to the UK, what six years ago, the RVT was one of those venues that. I didn't like. I didn't know much about sort of UK queer nightlife or UK cabaret scenes or anything like that. But when I first moved to the UK, the like you do a quick Google, you go like, where are the spaces that I, you know, can feel safe and welcome and sort of get my groove on? And the RVT was sort of the, one of the first places I went out. Hilariously, it was fire. Was the first place I went out to accidentally. Like I just sort of was looking for the RVT, got lost, and someone directed me to Fire, and then the next the next weekend <laughs> RVT. So, um, but that's because I didn't have any access to a, a phone at that time. But um, so, uh, for for someone like myself, six, like let's sort of go time machine back. Let's get in the TARDIS. We're going back in time, and six years ago, Wayne uh, wants to go to the RVT. What is you you said some of the nights that are on like um, Ducky and Beefmince and um, some of the uh, cabaret stuff that's happening there. Um, what can you sort of encapsulate or give a quick bio of what the RBT is and who who they are and what you sort of stand for?
1: Yeah. Yeah, the 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 RVT is basically a home and a safe place for um, every part of the LGBTQ plus community. That's the that's what we're striving to do. That's what we're that's what the venue has been for for quite a long time, and that's what we're still working for and towards now. And that's both for um, customers. So any member of the community should be able to come to the RBT and feel totally safe and welcome, um, but also for performers. Yeah. So it's very important to us that um, marginalized groups within our own community, uh, and obviously at the moment, there's a lot of light shining on trans performers and performers of color, um, but female performers or non-binary performers or people who are doing a different kind of act you know that's the other thing It's you know non-traditional sort of um cabaret performances that there is a place for them at the rvt and that we recognize that every single type of drag um if you want to use if you want to use that very small word to describe mm-hmm. a big thing has is valid and and has got a place on the stage and that we recognize that everyone has worth and that what really counts is the sort of heart and soul that people put into you know interesting exciting new acts and, and acts that really entertain the queer crowd
0: mm. well so for me um what i think Um, You can correct me if I'm wrong, but um, something that I've grown and evolved into being um, as a queer man is uh, the the definition of queer versus the definition of gay. And um, when you go to a gay bar or when you go to a queer bar, and I think there is some very clear distinctions. When I think of uh, queer, it's all-encompassing. Everyone's welcome. Trans, non-binary, AFAB, um, it, everyone is welcome. There is no, there is no sort of, that uh, like if you fall under the category of other, which is a ridiculous thing to think, but, um, being an other within the queer community, um, the RVT seems to be that place or one of those places that you can go, okay, I'm in South London. I need to go somewhere where I feel safe, welcome, included, and being a part of a, a bigger community than just sort of Going, going to, to the, the pub, pub for, for a drink,
1: drink. it's, I, I think, think it's, it's almost, almost like a family, would, would you, do you think that there's like, that sort of family, sort of vibe going on in the R V D. Yeah, and look, I, I do think, I, I do think, I do think it's like a family, and obviously, within that, within that setup, we have different nights which will appeal to different people, mm. so, um, you know, if you go, if you, again, something something like beef mints is large actually if you go there it's largely um a sort of um masculine bear crowd but that beef mints are very vocal about the fact that every single person is welcome so trans people and women unlike you know certain other clubs of the bear persuasion um beef mints welcomes everybody push the button all those Friday night clubs, which have traditionally been sort of... I, I guess people tend to think of them as gay men going to them. Mm-hmm. Every single person is welcome there. Um, there are other nights which are more the, you know, something like bar whatever, pride themselves on working and promoting trans and non-binary and, and performers of colour. Um, so not, you know basically not everyone will enjoy every night but everyone is welcome at every night
2: yeah no
1: i I think you know recognizing that what we we, you can't make every single night of the week something that every single person is going to love because everyone has personal taste some people want to see drag kings some people want to see a sort of you know gorgeous cabaret singer some people want to see um you know um a, a sort of sex led fetish night some people want to see uh, do a quiz other people want to see traditional what we think of as traditional drag mm. um and so we try and do tick as many boxes of entertainment but that every person is welcome come on every night. Yeah. And it's like they then can choose what nights they want to come to.
0: Yeah. I, I just, I, I loved how you were ticking off sort of like the nights that are like, I'm, I'm like, oh, bed night. night. Yeah, I would go, go to that. Oh, the sort of like, bar whatever, 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 sort of trans, non-binary. Yeah, I would go to
2: that. Oh, uh, the like Stockton, like the traditional camera. Oh yeah, I would go. I'm, I'm just like in my head going, oh, I would go, go to all of these things. I like, like, I'm, I'm sort, sort of one of those weird people that sort of fits into all of the
0: boxes. boxes. Um, but uh, we're on the, well let's hope, we're on the tail end of coronavirus and the lockdown. Now as of, was it yesterday I believe, the uh, lockdown restrictions have sort of been relaxed in terms of uh, bars, pubs, restaurants, that kind of, like venues are opening up, opening their doors again. So I know um, that the RVT opened yesterday, uh, how did it go? um what are you doing like in terms of like like, safety and precautions and um you
1: know can i can i I I come say hello yes basically yeah it did open yesterday and it actually it was a lot of hard work but it actually went um it actually went really really well and we had no real problems um so we opened yesterday at, at, on Saturday at two o'clock, which we don't normally do. We don't normally open till sort of nine, but we decided to open uh, early. Um, so, the, in, it basically, we have restricted the number of people that can be in the venue at any one time. We have set up both inside the venue and in the what was the smoking area, but now is a slightly extended um, seating area outside. Tables and chairs are set up socially distanced, a metre apart from each other. Um, everyone that comes in is asked to sign in because that's the, what the government are requiring. We then take them to a, a table and the bar staff then come over and take their order. So it's all table service. So you're not allowed to go up to the bar. There's no queuing at the bar. Everyone um, stays at their table. We have music playing, but, but quite quietly um because one of the concerns which which we totally recognize and the reason why we can't have live entertainment is if people talk louder they expel more water vapor it's the thing and if you expel more water vapor that's the that's how the that's how the viruses um spread so we keep the music to a to a, a quiet level um, and yesterday, pretty much, I have to say, it people really showed respect and behaved themselves. Um, there was a couple of times I had to, uh, we had to say to someone, "Can you just, you know, not go over and talk?" Because someone went over and sat down at another table, and I had to kind of grab them and say, "No, you need to. You can go and talk to people, but you need to kind of not get into their,
2: this into is, their bubble." Yeah.
1: Um, and I have to say, our star yeah, into their space. As, uh, the bar staff, which were, uh, were just brilliant. I mean, they this was something completely new for them. Um, we had um, we've got a new app, which means that you can order at the table. And it wasn't it, through no fault of ours. It wasn't working properly. And the bar staff just were magnificent, and they were so on the ball, running around with trays of drinks, taking orders the old-fashioned way, writing them down. And we had so many people say to us, thank you um, for, for trying to make them feel welcome. We had a, a, There were a couple of times when we had a small queue outside, which we kept the queue socially distanced. Security were great. Um, uh, so, yeah, we just tried to keep it calm and keep everyone kind of spread out. Mm-hmm. And it felt like someone said to me yesterday, it felt like going to a, just a nice queer pub because we had there were there were a lot of regular customer there were also a couple of our djs were there some of our promoters were there um, the, the guys who write the panto and also do pop horror karen who runs um kings of clubs simon Levans was there david robson there were various people the guys from homos and humus which is a jewish cabaret i know, who I... we were supposed to have on in the last three months yeah but they haven't they haven't had been able to do a show yet they they came down which was lovely to see see them, um and also there were quite a lot of people who had been on the trans the pro-trans March or uh, per, um, protest that was in Parliament Square yesterday quite a lot of people um came from the the Parliament Square protest to the RBT, including with all their banners and everything um, which was great to see them. In fact, someone or someone from one of those groups, when I asked them how the protest went, they said oh, it was great. And but where else could we go but the RVT? Oh, exactly. It. it was, you know, which was really nice to hear.
0: It is like it is sort of for me. I, well, I think of uh, big marches and big protests and big sort of like uh, those kind of events as obviously necessary, but like. When, when I, I think of like an after party tour, so like
2: it. when you go to a protest, I think when I go, oh, I need to be
0: uh, loud and act like an activist, I think, oh, I need to go to the RVT afterwards because that sort of is uh, a safe space where everyone feels welcome and included. It's um, kind of the vibe I get when I think of the RVT. I think of camp, ridiculous, fun times, but also... A place that is at the forefront, I, for me personally, at the forefront of like um, activism and sort of like speaking up about LGBTQI plus rights is um, definitely something for there. I did uh, laugh as well at um, the "Homo and Homos" um, night. I am uh, my grandparents are Jewish, so I, I sort of laugh at that sort of the the connection between queer identity and, and Judaism hilarious for me. Um, Also, I love uh, how you guys are, uh, because I assume with the warmer weather, a lot more people are going to want to be out in sort of a beer garden vibe and especially with um, coronavirus and the lockdown. um, Did you find that there were more people that were wanting to sort of hang around outside rather than be inside of the venue?
1: yeah um we as i say we we put a lot more tables and chairs out the back of the venue but still within the barriers than we normally do Mm. um and we are doing um a takeaway service as well so if you if you picture the front of the venue where where the main door is along from there to the left there's a fire exit which is normally shut and it's it's in between the two sort of back areas of the venue but we had those doors open yesterday um as a takeaway we called it john's takeaway hatch because john one of the directors was was basically running that um so people could buy um all, you know drinks in plastic glasses from there and then they could walk around with that and not come into our little beer garden but go and sit on in the park the pleasure garden oh goodness, or goodness, a grassy yeah, knoll as the regulars the, call it Yeah.
2: The, uh, around, grassy
1: around around the back that's what that's what it's called um And I mean, obviously the weather yesterday was, it felt, it didn't really rain, but it kind of felt like it was going to rain every, all the time. Um, And I I kept running back in going, I think it's going to rain, but it didn't. Um, And we put up, we've got some um, covers, which we did put up. I mean, today, if, on it's Sunday today, we're recording this, if, uh, there's Sunday is really the day where a lot of people like to sit out on the grassy knolls, so we might see more of that. Today. But yes, we are selling takeaway, um, so you don't have to come into the venue at all. If you're not comfortable but still want to have a um, an RVT drink, mm-hmm. then we, we totally understand that because uh, not everyone is ready to, to come back into a yeah. into a bar space yet, um, and that's that's completely fine. But people can come down, and uh, we are selling takeaway um, drinks from from the little hatch, as it were. And then you can just go and sit um, under one of the trees or in the in the park uh, on the grassy knoll.
0: And, and you said, said there, there was like uh, there was an app that like because so I've, I've, I've seen, seen a few of the, the venues that are using this.
1: Yep. How it's we've got we've got this um, we we bought an app um, which is basically a table ordering app. So the idea is that you scan a QR code, which is the sort of square code with all the black and white squiggles. Um, You scan that when you sit at your table. It comes up and tells you that you're on table number four, for example. And then there's a menu. You click through and there's the RBT drinks menu. Um, It's kind of like when you order from one of the food apps, you know, um, Just Eat or something. So it gives you, you basically pick everything you want you then enter your details for payment, it it takes your payment, it, it sends the order to the bar, um, and it comes up on the screen on the bar, the The, the bar mm-hmm. guys um, then put your order together and bring it to your table. That's wonderful. It started to work okay, and then it wasn't working okay, and it was working okay. So yesterday a lot of the orders were taken because, because we weren't 100% confident with it, the, as I said, the bar staff, basically, a lot of the time, were just physically writing down orders, taking them to the bar, bringing them back, and then you just you just used your credit card to play, you know, with the on the on the um, the handheld terminals. Hmm. So, yeah, contactless. It didn't re- the app didn't really work, but we're going to pursue that and and see if we can make it work because it would be easier for the bar staff because it basically yesterday i was running around a lot of time um going table <laughs> 25 to, to the to the bar staff uh, right. because they were you know they were trying to keep an eye on it i was trying to keep an eye on who wanted drinks so um you know i probably i probably shouted at the bar staff. you know too Would well, be careful as well about those was was it
0: it water vapors, vapors. You, you don't, don't want, want to, to expel, expel too many of those <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, no, I wasn't really. I wasn't really shouting. all I was trying to, and also all of us, all of the staff were wearing, for most of the time, were wearing masks. Yeah. Um, as well. There's some photos online and stuff. No, and I saw. People, I saw, um, a, I saw um, a picture. Um, of, I, think, I think. I think it's Mars, Mars with. Uh, oh, who was it? Mars. There's
0: a there's drag, drag performer, performer whose name is Mars, Mars and they're wearing yeah. a uh, not
1: uh, not a uh, mouth mask, but like a yeah. Mars
2: shield
1: yeah that's, uh, that's right yeah Mar, 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 Mars came down yesterday kind of helped us on the door and it was lovely actually makeup she had on a uh, one of those face shields on the door and the and um, the rest of us had some rainbow masks which were made i think by binge who are one of the uh, merchandise people that we've been working with um, so we had, and also just on the, we also had a stack of disposable masks, um, uh, by the door. And if anyone, if any customer wanted one of those, they could just take one of those. And people were putting like a pa- pound into, uh, we had a charity bucket for Cabaret versus cancer. Mm-hmm. So people were, if they wanted one of those, they could have them. We also obviously had hand sanitizer all throughout the the venue Mm. i mean literally every you you only had to walk five foot and you could um have a squirt of hand sanitizer
0: yeah well you said um donating to cabaret versus cancer which is an amazing charity and it's an amazing thing that um uh many people including myself have um, helped um give Mm. money towards and give Mm. money towards um but Mm. also Mm. the rvt itself and i think um, there's a lot of venues, especially LGBT or queer venues, that still sort of lockdown has financially affected uh, performers, freelance performers like myself, um, but also the venues yeah. work in. And the RVT is not exempt from that, I think, and it um, goes as going or is probably still going through its own you know, financial struggles, as I think all venues are. Um, And it's not going to, now that lockdown has finished, it's not just going to click your fingers and, oh, the money has magically sort of reappeared. Um, So I think, um, uh, and I've I've included the, uh, there's a, uh, what is it, the RVT GoFundMe um, uh, account, to uh, donate money and pledge money, and it's on the YouTube. It's going to be on the um, podcast, um, uh, what's it called, the bio or the description. If you're listening on radio, it will be um, on uh, Driving Your Homo. You just got to um, search Driving Your home, or just Google the RVT Royal Vauxhall Tavern and you can find a place to donate there. But um, did you want to uh, quickly just sort of talk about that sort of... Um, Tarot, uh, that the sort of
1: Yeah. Yeah. The go farming yeah. Thing? yeah, I mean basically for while 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 the lockdown's been on, um obviously people understand that there are still big costs that all venues, uh, all businesses have to um have to find including the physical rent on the building. I mean there's very few um hospitality industries that own the building they're in. And I'm talking from GOI all the way down to much smaller venues. And like a lot of those other venues, we still have to pay the rent on the freehold of the of the building. Mm. Um, so that plus there's a load of other expenses that still have to be paid um, out every month. And it can, it bases about £24,000 a month that we've paid out um, while we 've been shut just to keep the the building standing as it were mm. um, and that money the money for the last three and a half months has basically come from james and john the the guys who uh, own the business it 's their money it's it 's the rvts sort of you know the money that they've put aside that money is paid for to keep the venue running and about six weeks ago when we there was a point where we kind of realized that it wasn't just about the actual lockdown, that once we reopened, there was going to be a period of time, there is going to be a period of time where we are operating under reduced numbers. And that's really, and obviously, which means a reduced income. And so we really set up the GoFundMe. Um, We'd a lot of people, customers mostly, but also quite a lot of performers and, um, the uh, promoters asking us if they could help with giving money to, to the RBT. that's why we set it up really it's for the next six months yeah because um, at the moment obviously we we can open the doors and sell drink and yesterday the first day was good we had a lot of people come and go over the course of the hours that we were open but We cannot put on shows. We cannot employ um, performers. We can't put on all those shows. And from a financial point of view, the big club nights that we have at the RVT, so Ducky, obviously, which is every week, um, but also Beef Mints and Push the Button and Anthem and Eurofest and other Friday night club nights, those nights, the money that we take behind the bar are what really powers the RVT and allows us to be able to put on the other less commercial nights that we that we spoke about earlier yeah. um you know if you if we put on something during the week a, an independent promoter they obviously we let them have they take all the money from the door um we the, the it's a smaller number it's a more niche market and that's great that's that's an absolutely vital part of the art of and then, when we have something like beef mints or ducky, where there's several hundred people and they're they're drinking a lot of beer and stuff, that's where that's how it balances out. Now we can't do those nights, and even even once the government tell us we can put on cabaret, we're not going to be able to do big club nights. We we understand that because yeah. you can't put on beef mints with like seventy people in, in the in the build- it, it, it's it be ridiculous yeah um so run the rbt um as as we want to because i really don't think it's going to be too much later in the year or even later before we can do those big club nights yeah it's,
2: it's going um, really to be interesting um say. and
1: and the response the response You were saying, saying the, the response. Yeah, the response to the GoFundMe has been amazing and it's it's a lot of customers have been very kind and very generous, and you know, literally every single person who has donated has been brilliant. But not only the customers, there have been performers
2: mm-hmm.
1: and um uh promoters who've donated money. And I'm not just talking, I mean you know we've had a couple of our of the big performers who've been at the who've been at the rbt have have donated money which has been great but i've seen all the stuff that's come in and there are queer performers out there who are not working themselves that have donated 20 pounds yeah. and that is just amazing because they are struggling themselves and the fact that they've done that for us is is brilliant and it's you know it just it means the world that people have done that and also, you know, customers who are, are on, are, you know, not earning money, or who are on furlough and not earning their their proper money, or some of them have been made redundant, have still have still donated, and that that's brilliant, and we really appreciate every single pound that's been donated. Yeah, I think, I think
0: that's a I think, think that's, that's a, a testament to the queer community, community is that when the chips are down, we all sort of band, band together, together, and we if, if it's emotionally, emotionally or financially, or we, all we all sort of. Um, take up that gauntlet as a queer person or as a queer community. I think we all sort of um, do that. And you you kind of mentioned um, that we were talking about performers and I'm a drag performer or drag in inverted commas, I am a, a clown I guess. But um, what's uh, when because uh, you are the events manager at the RBT when venues uh, like the RBT are still uh, going to be open uh, for uh, uh, events again what kind of things would you be looking for when you're um, because the cabaret thing is so diverse uh, what do you look for, So, uh, let's roll back, let's say I've just started drag or I've just started a cabaret um, what are the kind of things that you look for what are the kind of things that you kind of go this is quintessential cabaret or this is what would
1: be great to see at a venue okay well it obviously it it varies incredibly because as you said there's a there's a lot of stuff out there and mm. one of the things that i think is our strength at the rbt is that we don't just book cabaret and say right here you go here's half an hour here's an hour we work with amazing people like bar whatever and ducky and kings of clubs and cabaret roulette and pop horror and those people who are putting on shows with multiple artists on because when acts particularly new acts as as we know they're not all together usually they're not ready to go on and do like a full hour they maybe have a a 10 minute piece that they've put together so for something for for, first of all that's the most important thing to say it's it's the people we work with like bar whatever Mm -hmm. who are out there finding these amazing new acts as well as some acts come to us direct some acts someone will come to me and i'll say right you should go and speak to lysander from bar whatever or you should speak to crayola who runs cabaret roulette or or whoever yeah and um so those promoters, we very much work as a, as a team, and it's always amazing to see the acts. And, and another uh, promoter who is just brilliant at finding acts is Sadie Sinner from the Cocoa Butter Club. Club. And she, obviously that's a, a Cocoa Butter Club is, is amazing, and she has found just the most brilliant, inventive, funny acts that all happen to be performers of colour and she's worked hard on that and they are it's one of my favourite nights and they are I mean you know they have this crazy drag king magician who is just hilarious and all that kind of stuff so basically what we're looking for is acts that are interesting and acts that have something to say Um, Now, that's something to say can be just, look, we're really entertaining, or it can be an important message about, you know, the the social aspects of life. But it's really got to be an act, I think, that has got some passion and some heart in it. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at, I'll give you a great example. If you look at um, an act like Chio, who has worked at the RVT many times as part of Bar Whatever, and as as part of other acts uh, other nights but now uh put on their own night wolf which was at the end of last year mm-hmm. um which was basically saying these are all acts that are welcome on a certain tv show and we were supposed to have another wolf but obviously it hasn't happened Joe is one of the most passionate human beings i've ever met about mm-hmm. lots of stuff and yeah. speaks their mind and but it's all a brilliant act. They write amazing poetry and and are uh, just stunning looking visual acts, and it's full of passion. And I think, I think that's what it comes down to. It's that it's that passion yeah. for performing. I mean, another important thing which I have to mention is Michael Twaits and um, his uh, art of drag course, which um, we run michael runs it runs twice a year and it actually happens behind the scenes on a monday night at the RVT upstairs in one of in our big meeting room and michael hosts this it's basically encouraging drag of all sorts um to and and helps them with technical skills and advice on acts and performances and then they do two showcases um during during the year and there's loads of acts people like Veronica Montenegro or Dolly Trolley or uh, Holly Dunn, um, loads of other people who have started doing that that drag calls. And Michael has given them um, help and advice. They also have other other drag acts come in and talk to them. So Gareth, who's the man behind Mara Dubois, has come in and talked to them. Other acts will come in and talk to them. Um, and it's it's a gorgeous little cause. It typifies, I think, what the RVT is about.
2: Mm. You know,
1: we're happy to give them the space. Mike, Michael Michael Twait's is is just brilliant at encouraging people, um, and then they put on a great show. And and from from Art of Drag, the whole concept of House of Royals um, was born, which is this, uh, which is the. Um, um, creative drag collective that veronica and dolly trolley etc are, are all part of um so yeah um it goes back to passion i think it goes back to that passion and a great act can be a you know i i've seen great passionate acts of a drag king doing a sketch about cucumbers or um someone you know, a trans act reading an amazing poem, but I've also seen the passion of a traditional drag act, someone like um, Mary Mack or Lola Lasagna just getting the whole audience singing to a song and um, the whole place just singing along. That's Mm -hmm. also a, a valid kind of passion.
0: You've also seen a drag shambles fall off the stage and shatter a glass and just writhe around on the floor. I mean, all
1: drag is ballad, and then there's me. Yep. So there's that. Yeah. Let's be honest, I've seen you quite a lot. I've seen you perform on different stages, Mm -hmm. doing different things. I've seen you in, I think, three competitions. I've seen you in Drag Idol, I saw you in uh yeah. her upstairs was that drag idol or was that there? not another uh, drag competition I yeah,
0: can't I think remember was, now. yeah I think um, was another drag yeah
1: yeah and i've seen you do the lip sync war of the two brewers
0: mm-hmm.
1: and i'm um, consistent um and consistently out there <laughs> and um you always i will say that you're always in i mean uh, yeah i mean i know you're hosting this thing and i'm your guest but i will say that you are consistently entertaining and consistently have made me laugh usually for the right reasons Good. um and that's that's what that's a very important
2: thing
1: you know you have an energy about you and that's it it's really difficult to define what that is but Mm. it's it's a passion and an enjoyment and a thought there needs to be someone needs to be believing in what they're doing and and it's completely valid if that if what you're believing in is making people laugh and it's completely valid if what you're doing is moving people emotionally um, with the song or it's making a point about something which needs to be said from a political point of view all of those things are valid We tend to talk about you know the the, the validity of drag in terms of gender or what people um, wear um, but it's also valid in to other terms of of what they're talking about.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you know it's drag has always had a political element, but it also should be it's also, Funny and it's also emotionally moving.
2: Mm.
1: Um, great performers can, should be able to move you, I think, in in some way. I, I, I don't disagree with
0: you. And uh, there's sort of, uh, ties us really connected, uh, connects us really wonderfully, uh, segues into you were talking about passion, you were talking about things that you look for and you enjoy. And I know that you are a part of a a sort of collective of your own, just like you said, uh, the House of Royals and uh, Michael Fight has another one, the United States of Drag. Um, there, You're also part of a sort of mini collective of your own, of six people, um, and there is a passion behind that, but the, the sort of person who wrote the book that the movies are based on has said some sort of problematic things that I am sure, that you and the people in your little in your little group um, feel certain kinds of
1: emotions. Um, did you want to talk about what I'm alluding to? Yeah. Well, obviously, we're talking about. Um, I'm one of six people that run a, a, a Harry Potter fan collective. We're called the Lost Diaphragm of Rowena Ravenclaw, and we're basically six um, six fans and we came together to do um we set ourselves up to take part in quizzes and then two years ago we hit on the idea of doing our own um harry potter themed quiz at the rbt before i worked there um called the quizzing world and we've done four of them um and they are uh, a fun night it's a it's a proper harry potter quiz where we do proper detailed tough questions but we we dress up we also have had um cabaret um we also we add cabaret to it so three of the four quizzes we've had the the mighty vixens who are huge harry potter fans performing we've also had dusty limits um performing we also have the lovely pippa from the rvt who'd never read a harry potter book in her life didn't know any of the characters but has dressed up as various characters um for us on the door uh now obviously And we, all of the the nights have been to raise money for Cabaret versus Cancer, which we mentioned earlier. And I am an uh, ambassador, it's a small independent cancer charity. It works, we work with um, supporting children who have lost someone to cancer, which Mm -hmm. I lost someone, I lost a parent to cancer when I was very young. And we also felt that it was a good charity for a Harry Potter themed um, night because. Uh, obviously, Harry was an author. So, obviously, and what you're alluding to is the fact that J.K. Rowling has, uh, and all the, the nonsense that she's been saying recently, um, it's the overwhelming feeling is just that it's so disappointing. I mean, this is someone who, personally, I have admired her as a writer, but also as a human being for 20 years now, and... Um, and I I just find it horrible that she's been that she's got going down this path. I remember seeing an interview with her when the last book came out, where where she was asked what is the worst thing in the world, and she said bigotry. Um, and for whatever reasons, whether or not you know she's people she's hanging out with or listening to, she's come to these conclusions about trans people, and it's bigotry, and mm-hmm. it's 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 a complete kick in the guts for uh, millions of LGBT people all over the world now obviously I'm you know slightly older I was I was an adult already when the books came out but I know that there are loads and loads of uh, younger people all over the world who read the books and found that there was a message of acceptance Mm -hmm. in the books they found that people who were different were accepted in this world and that there was a message of standing up to basically the far right um and the whole concept of mudbloods and the ministry of magic and all this so to have her now make these statements which are miss which are ill-informed which seem to be reactionary to a very tiny small view of people and for her to be using um violence against women and children as an excuse for this is is just horribly upsetting and you know like trans rights are human rights there's no it's not up for debate trans women are women trans men are men non-binary is valid those things are not it's not a debate it's like you know saying an apple is an apple those things are how they are and i i it's just so upsetting um having said that you know there's been some people online seem to have almost taken sort of glee in the fact that um that this has happened and i i, I don't think it's a happy thing I don't, I don't think it's something to be shouting about i think it's terribly sad that someone who has been loved by so many people and who helped lgbt people and other people as well you know she's done a lot of things She's a big supporter of women's charities. She's also a big supporter of things like MS charities. Um, I just think it's 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 horrible that this has happened.
2: Yeah, I and
1: think, the I thing, think, it's, I think it's, it's really personally interesting. for me. i you know there, I I, I don't think. I... Sorry, Sorry you're on. No, I was just saying, I just think, I just wish there was a way that she could see the hurt and upset that she's causing people generally, but LGBT people in particular, and and trans people all over the world. And it feels like trans people and LGBT people to a wider degree have been betrayed by someone who we thought was this, uh, uh, who we thought was an ally?
0: Yeah, no, I, I fully agree. Well, like even um, when she I, I guess, guess outed uh, Dumbledore as gay, um, now that sort of brings it into question. Um, why did she do that? Did she do like was that always a thing in her mind, or was she doing that as sort of like tokenism? Um, does she actually, now that she's coming out with these sort of anti-trans sentiments is, is like why does she wait so long for Dumbledore to be like why does she come out sort of at that stage? It's kind of an interesting, it makes everything with those sentiments, it makes everything that she's talked about in the past, you, you sort of question it or you just go, you know, where is it coming from? It's
1: interesting yeah i mean I, I i i don't i don't yeah it is but i don't think it really serves the issue to look too much at stuff that she said in the past also it's it's the same as you know there's been some people online commenting oh the book i've, I've never ever liked the books that the books are shit. That's. Completely irrelevant. Yeah. It's what we need to focus on the things she's saying are wrong. Yeah. And I think it's it's slagging her off or slagging off slagging off her views is fine. Slagging off the books and the art is completely irrelevant. If you don't like them, that's fine. You know, people are entitled to not like the the books and the films. But saying, Oh, well, uh, you know, I've never read a Harry Potter book and the books are boring anyway that's not the issue the issue is trans people are being attacked yeah. that should be the fundamental issue 100%. and um you know the more people that that stand up and say that she's wrong and that these these are the truths then that's the that's what we need more people to as rights are being somehow eroded and women and children are at risk Mm -hmm. that's the thing we have to counter it with and that's the thing we have to say that is not true. Yeah, It's fundamentally... People are entitled to their own view but she is fundamentally wrong. Women are not in danger and women's rights are not being eroded.
0: Yeah, no, I I fully agree. agree. I I think think for me me it's it's about... about... education and it's about making sure that you're educated and informed. And I think there was, uh, you may or may not have seen this, but, um, there's a performer whose name I can't say because it has an expletive in it, but, uh, I will say it's Sue Giza and then you can fill in the the blank. Uh, but she, um, is a fantastic comedian, fantastic drag performer and, and, she always lights up my life every time I talk to her and see her, but she, um, gave a very clear and concise rundown or breakdown of um, JK Rowling's uh, thoughts and feelings and it wasn't again like you said it's not, not an attack it's not an attack on her as an individual it's more of a let's break down what she said let's try and educate ourselves and let's try and educate the world and maybe hopefully JK Rowling will see what she's doing or what she's saying and how it affects people. And she will educate herself on on these on these um, issues, which I think is important. It, and it is, like you say, it is very, I think, humbling to see your your idols, the people that you respect and admire, to take a misstep. And it's not, I, 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 like you say, I don't think it's a reflection on them as being hateful people. I think it's, um, it's something that maybe they're misguided and they need to be reminded or educated on what it means to be um, a certain demographic of people. So, in this case, we're talking about trans rights and trans issues and um, maybe she doesn't know any trans people and so, because of that reason, she's making sort of misguided thoughts. Who knows? Sending her in
1: the flight.
2: Sorry, was that? Yeah,
1: I mean, I'm not I'm, I, I'm not defending her as a person in the slightest. I, she's someone that I have admired and she's wrong. Mm. That's you know, that that's how that's
2: Yeah
1: and It's um, but it's about what your attracted to and I, I, I think you know, over the last year she's been writing some brilliant stuff online and she never disappoints and um, mm. she's very, and this goes back to my point earlier about having passion for what you do and it, at that, uh, was one of the best I've read and Sue uh, is a, is a great
0: act, yeah. Mm. Uh, Speaking speaking of uh, you said uh, sort of mistakes and things that you uh, don't agree with and and, um, that kind of sentiment, I recently noticed that the House of Commons, I don't know if you've seen this, but the House of Commons put up a survey to um, talk about conversion therapy and whether we should ban it or not ban it when two years ago they said that Uh, they were going to scrap it, they were going to say it's illegal and they were going to ban it. They said that two years ago and then now, I think it was like last week, they've gone, oh we're going to put up a survey. They've since taken it down and they've apologised for making the survey, but do you think, or how do you feel about that sort of situation that the House of Commons is doing that?
1: I mean that was just completely ridiculous and you know it's it comes down to certain things shouldn't be we don't need a debate Mm. to to say that basically they were asking if anyone thinks that gay people shouldn't should be cured you know it comes down to this concept that there's something fundamentally wrong because if you if you don't want to ban conversion therapy you're basically saying that, you know, it, it's to do with gay pe- gayness, queerness, whatever you want to, trans, whatever you want to call it, is 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 wrong. Mm. And, you know, we're just getting to the stage where people are accepting that um, trans, being trans is not a mental illness. You know, for years, it was kind of, people talked about you know body dysmorphia and and all those things and obviously some people that is that is a a thing for them but not everybody you know and just the concept of being the wrong gender inside the wrong body or being a different gender inside the wrong body is not an illness um it's being gay or lesbian or bisexual or non-binary is not something that needs to be cured it's you know we're we're going backwards in time to you know all gay men are are paedophiles Mm -hmm. that you know we're going back to that sort of um image of those things and the it was basically someone in the tory government obviously thought oh let's have a debate about this and it that showcases the stupidity of where we are with that kind of thing you you know you there shouldn't be a debate it's wrong it, it's like some people saying, oh, well, you know, it's like the whole Black Lives Matter thing. It is fundamentally wrong that black people are being um, targeted. That's mm-hmm. what this is about. There's no, there's no, it's, it is actually black and white in that sense. Yeah. Um. And, you know, there are no grey areas. So, yeah, I, 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 I mean, that was just ridiculous and stupid and, sends all the wrong messages and was a massive step back obviously i'm glad that they've taken it down Uh, and i i I like to think that you know they listened to i hope that they listened and responded to the outcry on social media Mm. um but you know you just don't know do you
2: yeah exactly
0: um we believe it or not uh we have run out of time um it was absolutely phenomenal getting to talk to you again and i i miss I actually, believe it or not, this isn't like me blowing smoke up your butt, but I genuinely do miss uh, seeing you. And I, I can't wait. I will come down to the RVT. I'm, I'm based in North London, so I, it's a bit of a trek for me. But I will definitely come down um, to the RVT and have a pint at a regular, safe distance from you. Um, but Dave, thank you so much for having the talk with me today. Um if, again, before we go, um, if you want to uh, donate to the RBT uh, to help uh, their me. the link is in the description of both the podcast and the uh, YouTube, as well as on the screen currently. And if you're listening on radio, you can um, find the links, uh, just search home or search The Raw box Tavern. Dave, are you on social
1: media at all? That you want to, if anyone wants to follow you, is is there yeah, a Yeah, you can. Uh, you, yeah, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter as uh, Dave Cross X. I'm on Instagram. Um, what I'd also want to say is, just to anyone out there, please follow the RVT social media. Um, we have a uh, an amazing person. Called Jason Reed, who you know as well, Wayne, who does do. all our social media. And he's so on the ball, he's putting out all all loads of things, which sometimes are just really funny, but often really brilliant. He picks up a lot of political stuff, puts it out. He's also been fundamental in um, engaging with our um, GoFundMe campaign. So uh, his stuff that he puts out on, on our social medias is brilliant. So please follow the RBT. It's at the RBT on all the all the formats, and yes, please follow me on all mine as well. And thank you,
2: Wayne. It's been lovely. Yeah, to it's have a catch up, and I look forward to seeing you at the RBT. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Bye. Bye.